Hello and welcome to the Hearts Review with me, Gordon Senior. Joining me this week is Matthew and Jamie as we discuss our double defeat at the hands of Celtic. We preview Aberdeen and discuss a fair few topics that's maybe going through the mouths of the Hearts fans at the moment. Enjoy the show. Joining me this week is Matthew, who looks absolutely fizzing. Can't blame him. And there's Jamie, who looks as usual... I don't even know what, how to describe you, Jamie. I mean, you you sort of got that in-between look of raging slash you don't really care. That's interesting. I was I thought I had a pretty big smile on my face there. I was looking at my screen and thinking I was looking quite quite trippy there. Quite excited to be here. Looking forward to being on a podcast with Matty as well. So it's uh, it's been a while. I'm annoyed, but it's, it's it's not about Hearts. It's about Sully Marsh not getting his goal that he rightfully scored on FPL, but. I'm also annoyed at Hearts. I mean, do, do the do the fans really care about your fantasy football team? Yes. I, I, I don't think they do, personally. They care <laughs> about mine because obviously I'm the star of the show and that's why everybody <laughs> obviously listens in, but they're not interested in yours. And, of course, they'll already know that I don't pick any crappy Brighton players because, well, it's a waste of time. Um, speaking of a waste of time... Uh, I, we all went through, apart from, I think, Matty and, uh, of course, Mr. Ross McLeod, who is um, listening in from afar. Uh, we all went to Parkhead, bar those two. Um, Jamie, of course, you had better seats than us. I missed the first goal once again, uh, two times in a row now at Parkhead. I think that's now, whenever Lafferty's goal was, his consolation was the last time I've seen a, a goal rattled in at Celtic Park, and I've been a good four or five times since then. Um, so it just feels like throwing money down the toilet. I'll start with you then, Jamie, because you were there, of course. Uh, what did you make of the Hearts' performance? Was it as spirited as uh, the manager maybe made out? <laughs> funny funny story. First, uh, first things first. So Wednesday night at Celtic Park, I actually forgot my glasses. So um, I, I could see the game, kind of. Um, fortunately, in the in the press box, we had our our Hearts TV stream up, so I was kind of watching it, essentially watching it on the laptop in front of me rather than uh, rather than on the pitch. Um, but unlike yourself, Gordon, I did manage to see the see the Hearts goal. Um, and it's weird because obviously you normally you go to Celtic Park and you most of the time we've only seen kind of consolation goals. I think we we touched on this last week. Obviously, that was not a consolation goal, so you had to kind of sit there and think, oh. Goodness me, that was uh, I didn't see that coming. Obviously, without uh, without celebrating in amongst the in amongst the Celtic fans, so that was a new experience for me. But uh, I f- I thought Hearts huffed and puffed would probably be the be the phrase I would use to to describe the performance. Um, we'll get on to what I think of Celtic in a in a little while. But um, from a Hearts point of view, I thought they I thought they worked hard, and that's what you need to do against this. Uh, Against this Celtic team, but uh, but ultimately that their quality shone through in the end. Yeah, I, I suppose it was one of these performances where you think first half didn't really do an awful lot wrong. Um, had our moments, which you'll always get at Celtic Park. Yeah, I mean they are they are a good team. We're not certainly going to pretend that they aren't. Um, but I, I guess the only thing lacking really from the Hearts sort of performance, despite the, the the goal, which was of course a bit of quality, was. That sort of strikers play, you felt that defensively we were pretty good. I thought midfield were standing up to the challenge, and then obviously we just didn't really have that bit of quality up front. Do you think missing Shankland or Humphreys was kind of the difference between Hearts getting a result uh, on Wednesday, Matty? Yeah, look, uh, I watched it on Celtic TV on my dodgy fire stick and. Like, I mean, the, we started pretty well. Bit of quality, good goal. Generally, I thought we competed. I liked the shape. It was nice to see three men in the middle of the park against a big team and not one. That was a, a step in the right direction. I thought uh, Keo, Grant, and... Um, Christ, who was the other one in the middle of the park? Keo, Grant, and... Devlin. Devlin, sorry. Devlin started selling the park, but when they started the home game, it was Halliday on the left and the home one. Aye. I thought they'd done all right. It's well decent enough shape to us. I thought the biggest issue was the one that you've highlighted. Having Ginelli's fine in there. You've got the pace in behind. You need that. But playing Alan Forrest as a sort of second striker, number 10 kind of hybrid role, I get why he done it. You've got a bit of legs there, a bit of support. He was going to run. 
put a, put a bit of effort. He put a shift, to be fair to him. He did a lot of pressing, but lack of quality really was what let, let us down generally in that game. But I couldn't really argue with the performance, really. It was just a bit, bit of a nightmare to give away the second goal. I thought Devlin gave the ball away too easily, but they're a good team. Give the ball away there against anyone else, and we probably get away with it. Give the ball ball away there against Celtic, they're going to punish you, and they did exactly that. But overall, it was actually quite a spirited performance, and couldn't really argue with it too much, especially with the lineup that we put out as well. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. I mean, it's almost deja vu from the kind of the first trip to Parkhead, um, where even though we'd lost two 0 we came away from the game thinking we actually done all right there. To be fair, I guess that's the thing about this Celtic team; they will maybe give you opportunities. To uh, to play a little bit of football at home, um, just because they are so powerful, um, they can pick up on any bits of uh, any any little mistakes. I mean, they, they gave us a couple of warnings in the first half um, from Hearts, kind of giving away the 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 ball. But I guess you've got to have the perfect performance to get any sort of result at Parkhead, Jamie. Um, do you think that Hearts are any closer to getting results at Celtic Park? I'll, I'll say Celtic Park rather than Glasgow because Rangers can be one of these up and down teams at the moment. But in, in terms of, of where Hearts are from Celtic, do you feel that the gap's just too far at the moment or or do you think gradually we're maybe making inroads? Yeah, look, I think for, for me, um, the gap is is getting bigger. Um, and it's it's sad to, to say that, to be honest. Um but I, I genuinely believe that this Celtic team in particular, I know this is this is not the Celtic review, but I think this Celtic team is probably one of the best teams in Scotland in the last 20, 25 years. Um, not just in terms of a starting eleven, but in a in a squad depth-wise overall. The players they're bringing off the bench Wednesday night, ridiculous. Um, and I think that was the difference for me, is Hearts had nothing off the bench. Obviously, you speak about Shanklin and Humphreys there. We also had nothing really to come off the bench and kind of change the game for us. And I know we brought guys like Mackay on, obviously, but they were guys that you would have in your starting 11 if you were playing your your first choice uh, first choice 11, which obviously on the Wednesday night we weren't. So I, I don't think we are any closer to answer your question in short, um, but I don't necessarily think that's a stick to beat hearts with. I think I would rather say that Celtic and Rangers, I mean, to be fair, we... we Calvin, I think it was, spoke about it during the week in the group chat that Michael Beale's record is actually very good since he's come in as Rangers manager. The performances sometimes haven't been great, but his record overall is very strong. Um, and I, I do just think these two are just miles ahead of us, sadly. Um, and I know we've had, had our injuries in, uh, in our kind of European campaign that probably hindered us at the start of the season. Um, and I don't know, would we be any closer if we if we didn't have... All those injuries and in, in Europe, you would have to say probably we we would probably be a wee bit closer, but you know we're still going to be fifteen points behind them probably I would guess. So uh, I don't really think that's a that's a valid excuse. So as I say, I don't think it's a, a stick to beat Hearts with. I think the old firm are just quite good at the moment to be honest, and uh, and sadly that gap is is only going to get wider. I think over the next two, three, four, five years, um, you know you look at kind of when Aberdeen split the old firm. Uh, more most recently, um, right, that you know, Rangers team was a mess, obviously, and then you're going back to someone like Mr. Romanov coming in, and I think that's kind of what the the only reason that that's going to happen again in Scottish football in the near future is is if you get a, a serious uh, cash injection into into a club like a Hearts and Aberdeen or a Hibs. Mr. Anderson, SOS. Um, Josh Janetley with another goal. My um, his contract's up in the summer. Um, surely you, you've got to think that he, he must be wanting a new deal, even if it's just a one-year um, extension once again, because he has shown a little bit of quality in that kind of um, almost number nine uh, role that he's been asked to play. He gives us another option. I mean, I've been very critical of Josh Ginelli, um on a personal basis, but I have to be honest with you. He's, he's, been, he's been giving us a good shift all season. I think there's definitely scope to improve on someone like him, but can you really argue? He's what eight, nine goals so far this season. Um, basically converted him into our almost second choice number nine at this point. 
he gives you that pace in behind. His finishing's getting better. I took his goal really well, by the way. It's a good, it's a good finish from someone that you wouldn't necessarily expect that from. Yes, he huffs and he puffs, and he's a waste of time if you put the ball up to him high. He's not going to fight off a centre back, but realistically, the man's a right winger that's playing up front. He's done all right. I have to be honest with you, he's done all right. And I would, I'd give him a new contract. If it was a year, even two, I'd give him a couple of years because you need players like Ginelli. We've seen this season with the injuries you're going to get. If you have somebody that can come in and make an impact like he can, starting and off and coming in off the bench, you, you name it. Yeah, he probably does deserve a deal. A man that was written off as well um, and found himself out of the team uh, was given a wee surprise start in Keo. I thought Hearts, he was Hearts' best player in the night, to be honest. Um, what what have you kind of made a Keo? I mean, he obviously started again in, in the, the cup game that we'll come to, but how how do you think he'd done over those last two games? Do you think he warrants a, a sort of starting role? Yeah, look, I mean, if you're going to play with three men in the middle of the park, I think he's a very good sort of holding midfielder. I think if you're playing somebody like uh, St Johnston at home or Dundee United at home, St Mirren, that sort of ilk, there's probably not been, maybe not too much space for him. You want to try and dominate the ball and sort of control the middle of the park. But to be quite frank with you, the way we've been playing recently, I'd like that against anybody because our manager doesn't seem to want to dominate the middle of the park very often. So I have a, a holding midfielder in there, going in, breaking the play up, giving the ball to somebody that can play better football. Done all right. Maybe he's settling in. Maybe he was written off too soon, but we'll see. Because I've seen Hearts players have one good game before and go out and still be humpty. So positive signs. We'll see how he goes. Yeah, big German powerhouse. I think he was uh, referred to as uh, by Mister Savage, of course. So hopefully he does come good. I mean, we can't really argue with the the man's record of signing players. Um, I guess those types of games though against Celtic, and when you do start missing two, three players. This season has almost kind of highlighted really just how little we have in terms of depth and quality and how far we have to go as a football club. Anyway, so um, our season has ended now um, without a trophy. That's that being confirmed after our 3-0 exit in the, uh, the Scottish Cup game. Again, another big game at home. Uh, we were all excited. We were looking forward to it. And uh, we thought we said, said, listen, let's keep it tight. First 10, 15 minutes, see how we do. And uh, unfortunately, in 90 seconds, we were 1-0 down in what seems to be a pattern this season, Matthew. Um, your thoughts on, on the game overall? Yeah, look, I, I feel like I need goal. to come to you first about this one. I mean, that was that, right? Just show up, goal, beat. Um, pretty much and it seems oh, to be there. join us next <laughs> week on the Harsh Review <laughs> yeah exactly um, I think if you, you probably look over some of our um, previous games after say the, the first Rangers game at Tyne Castle the second Rangers game at Tyne Castle the Istanbul game the Fiorentina game the first Celtic game the second Celtic game yeah we're probably always saying the same thing and it just seems to be basic errors. And I thought, I mean, to be honest with you, they could have been 1-0 up with our first shot, which was something like 12 seconds in. Um, surely that would have been the, the, the wake-up call there. But just, you know, Celtic are a good team, and, and we, we, we've spoken about this at length. But surely basic errors are costing us. And, and do, Jamie, I don't know about you. I've said, I, I think I asked the, the same question a couple of weeks ago. Did we maybe think we're better than we actually are? And this is just a level, it's just a level too much for us, these big games. Yeah, look, I think we've just kind of spoken about, um, or I have, about how good I think the Celtic team are. Uh, I think they're the best team that we've had in Scotland, certainly in my lifetime. I'm only 23. I know you guys are a wee bit older than me, but uh, I'm only 23. And I think they're the best team that, that I've seen in my lifetime in this uh in this country, have uh, kind of since that Rangers team of the of the mid to late nineties, really. I am so I, I don't really want to go into harsh on Hearts being uh, not necessarily a good team, but I do think the rest of the league is pretty shit, to be honest. Um, 
you look at Aberdeen, we were five points behind Aberdeen when the World Cup started, which I kind of look back at now and think is absolutely mad because Aberdeen are shit. <laughs> and uh, obviously we got up to Pataudry on, uh, on Saturday and I think we're seven points ahead of them now. So Aberdeen will be going into that game and saying, listen, if you beat Hearts, then you're only four points behind them. And, uh, you know, again, on the flip side, it's a very good opportunity for Hearts to go up there, take three points, go 10 points ahead of Aberdeen and, and put them to the sword. Because if Hearts were to go up to Todry on Saturday and win, there's a good chance Aberdeen will be right back in the, the, the chance to finish in the bottom six Um, because it's just so tight in that kind of middle of the table. Similar to last season, really, everybody's kind of been taking points off each other. I don't think Hearts have necessarily been bad. I think it's just that our start to the season with our injuries is kind of the reason that we're not further ahead like we were last season. I know Spencer has kind of been going on a lot about points totals compared to this time last season. Um, Again, I think everybody would have liked to have seen Hearts kick on um, and really kind of try and solidify themselves as the third force and and finish third by a decent distance again. Obviously, that hasn't happened. But again, I think that's kind of more so down to to injuries and you know obviously when we had all these injuries at the start of the season I think we debated on this uh, podcast at the start of the season if we had a big enough squad um for for Europe I think kind of your you guys argument was that we should have signed a few more players in the summer than we than we did considering we had that kind of European money just coming into the club um and obviously this is this is hindsight talking about it now, but I think you could probably say that maybe we were a wee bit light um and it, it maybe it did cost us at times this season. But, uh, yeah, it is it is what it is. It's, it's all hindsight talking about it now, isn't it? Well, I mean, it's not like... No, it's not hindsight. <laughs> not hindsight at all. Go back and listen to We ran out of centre-halves and we just played two games against Celtic with no fucking striker. There's no so hindsight about it. We, we talked about, about it all in August. We did talk about it all. I couldn't, couldn't quite remember if we discussed it or not on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Talked about it in January again. We still never signed a fucking striker. Never playing Celtic with a right winger and another fucking right winger that our fraudulent manager is trying to turn into a wing back. It's two centre forwards against Celtic. And we got packed twice. Ah, there he is. The Matthew Bill. And uh, I'm sure a few fans will be uh, delighted to hear that kind of rant. It's been a wee while. So maybe we got you back on. Um, you know, what, what I was actually meaning, though, Jamie, is. When when I say, do we think do do we think as as kind of fans that we're maybe better than we actually are because they've had a lot of hurdles to go over this season. Yeah, we could maybe talk about injuries and all that sort of thing, but fundamentally, when they've came up against better opposition, and I'm talking about any team either above them in the league or in Europe, and apart from Riga, really, they've they, they've failed, haven't they? You know, we can talk about maybe the, the first half performance in Zurich and all that sort of thing. But fundamentally, this was a, this is a team that's fighting relegation in, in Switzerland. Failed to, to beat them and get in the Europa League. But then since then, we failed miserably against Istanbul. Failed miserably against Fiorentina. Celtic and Rangers, we've failed against them. And surely you've got to ask yourself questions. That, are these players just good enough? Or Because it seems to be that they're repeating the same mistakes constantly. And it's not... These teams are, are better than us, absolutely, and you can accept that, but they're not even having to work hard for their goals. It's not as if they're they're beating us with, with real quality here. They're quite simple goals. And maybe just defensively, are we actually good enough at the back? Are we good enough in midfield? I think these are legitimate questions to ask. Yeah, look, I think, sorry, Matthew, I was just going to say, look, I think that if you look back to kind of some of those European games at the start of the season, um, some of the goals that we, or sorry, the, the manner in which we started some of these games, if you think back to the Fiorentina game, the Istanbul game at Tynecastle, you could tell after like, and again, Gordon, I'm pretty sure we did discuss this on, on the review after the game as well, it was that the way you started the game, the, the place just went flat because we sat off and it was like, and again, it's that early goal after, I don't know, 10 minutes or something, I'm guessing, off the top of my head against Fiorentina or Istanbul. And it, it just sucked the life out of the place. Um, and I, again, I know these these teams are good and sometimes when you press it, they'll play around you. But I don't know, again, if if Nielsen had that back, would he have done it differently? I, I'm not actually sure he would have. Um, no, because, well, of course he wouldn't because he's done it now five or six times this season already. I mean, it's the same thing that keep, keeps playing out. 
do you think if there was a different manager in charge, maybe these players would actually be shining a lot better? Do you think it's maybe down to the manager? Or is it just because the players aren't good enough? Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. I don't know. I don't get paid to make those uh, make those decisions. Uh, what do you think, Gordon? Oh, I think we're a better manager. Hearts would absolutely be doing better, in my opinion. Because I think there's good players in there, and they've shown this season that they can play better. And I think with a, a more forward-thinking manager, someone who actually sets his team up to, to win a game, rather than maybe just contain... Um, which they aren't built to do quite clearly because of the goals that they give away. Um, I mean, there's Toby Sibick for the first time this season, finally, Nielsen put him in midfield. Uh, but by this point, we were 2-0 down, the game's over. And and you've seen him already, you know, he would get on the ball, he's got so much power and physicality. And he, he, our only chance in the game actually came from him. And it was and, and nobody really talks about it. Cause, I mean, it was a good save from Joe Hart, absolutely. But that was a, a brilliant bit of quality to bring the ball down and get his shot away when he was clearly off balance as well. I mean, see, that that's what I would do. I would come in and go straight to back four and I would put him in midfield. Absolutely. I think he would do so well against better teams because he's strong, powerful and quick. And he's vastly becoming one of our most important players. I just think he's maybe wasted at centre-half. I mean, the goal against Hibs, you know, ran from his own box and dinked the goalkeeper, an international goalkeeper. Um, so it just shows you, I think, that that international goalkeeper that likes getting dinked, I may add, doesn't matter. Yeah, if it's yeah, yeah. Twelve yards out or forty-five <laughs> yards out, he does like I'm getting. Bit, dinked. I'm, I'm picking up my, I'm picking up my Toby Civic argument. That's why. But yeah, no, I, I absolutely do. Um, think that that Hearts would be doing a lot better with a better manager, and, and people will always say, "Well, what more do you want?" And who would you get in? Well, I'd like to be going into big games for a start, and the game not being over by half time. And I don't think that's too much to ask, particularly when you've seen St. Mirren there. I know they ended up getting beat five-one but they were down to 10 men and they just run out of steam. But they were more than containing that Celtic team. Now, you're not trying to tell me that St Mirren should be able to do a better job than Hearts. And it's just, I, I, the, I, don't, I don't look at this Hearts side and recognise a Hearts team. I don't, I don't look at it and, and, and it has, and I'm not talking about playing a certain way, but I just think that when I think of a Hearts team, I think a Hearts team is some balls, you know, a, a strong Hearts team. That, that will not roll over. Yeah, they might lack in quality in certain areas and they might not be able to stand up to, to teams who have better t- uh, better quality and, and eventually they'll maybe lose the game. But, you know, they, they battle right to the end and, and they'll always be in the game. And unfortunately, I think this team, whether it's the players or whether it's the manager, they just seem to go down with a whimper. And to be 1-0 down inside 90 seconds in your biggest game of the season, it's criminal. And But, you know, it's not a one-off... It's happened now, I think, six of our biggest games this season now. And surely, if the club's going to go forward, then that's something they've got to look at. Because you're not trying to tell me that guys like Joe Savage sit in the stand there and they aren't oblivious to this. Surely not. Do, do you think they look confused sometimes, the players, going with that, that that's open diary? Do, you know, we, we speak quite a lot about this kind of back free system. I said last week that I don't I don't like it personally. I don't think it brings out the best in, in our players. And sometimes you're kind of watching Celtic at the, the, the game at Tynecastle at the weekend there and kind of they were dragging us all over the place really. Aaron Moy was picking up kind of nice pockets of space and Rose wasn't sure whether to go or whether to stay. And I know that's good play from Moy. He's, he's a very experienced player. He knows... The positions to pick up to kind of confuse defenders on whether to go or whether to, whether to stay, but at the same time, do you think they seem a bit confused, like they don't know what they're supposed to be doing or not? Yeah, they're they're they're, cl- they're clearly being told that they they've got to play a certain way. And then, funny enough, I actually heard um, Nielsen talk about this the other day. There, you know, we he's harped on about it quite a few times. You know, we want to play our our style of football and. Um, that's what we, we need to implement and that needs to be our DNA, you know, we'll come here we, we need to play our match, it doesn't matter about who we're playing, that sort of thing, and that's just absolute, just stupidity and and it's almost like Nielsen's so hell-bent on wanting to play a formation that he hasn't got the players to play that formation, he's not going to get the best out of the um, out of the team and you hear more and more fans kind of say this as well, so people will always th- think that the, the, the supporters you know, when things aren't maybe necessarily going right they'll always use the, the stick to beat them with and say ah oh, you're not the manager you don't know what you're doing but you know people like us we, we pay money to go and watch football every week I'd like to think that we have a, a, a decent idea about how our team should play and, and how 
are kind of playing. Well, just because we haven't seen them in training every week doesn't mean we don't know what kind of um, where, what weaknesses and what strengths a lot of our players have because it's quite clear to see because that's where you judge them on the football park, not in the training park because it's got to work on the football park. You can train for hours and hours and hours you want, but if you don't get results on a Saturday, then it's clearly not working. Um, and that that's kind of my biggest gripe about it. I was actually watching because, I mean, obviously we got moved from our seats, as we know, won't go into it because I'll end up going on a rant again. But I actually got a clear view of Nielsen and he was jumping up and down on, on the touchline and he was constantly screaming at his players and he was shouting, move here. He was he was probably as animated as I've, I've maybe seen him. And clearly the players aren't doing what it is he's wanting them to do. But I think that just comes down to maybe they just physically can't. It's just not their game. And I, I think you're, you're right, Jamie. I think they generally do look confused at times. Um, and, I mean, look, look, the, the first goal, for example, that should just get booted into the stand. You know what I mean? There's there's absolutely... Was it Cochrane or was it Kingsley? I can't remember which one it was. But, I think it was Rolls, uh, wasn't it? Oh, was it Rolls, right. Sorry. It just literally let him go past them. And you think either, one, take take the foul, because it's, it's like 20 seconds into the game or whatever. Um, uh, you weren't going to get booked because Clancy clearly made that quite clear. He, he didn't book him. Was it Keogh? Uh, it was Keogh for his first challenge. God, and then... I don't want to go there, but the Hearts player would have got booked. Well, no, he never booked Keogh for his first challenge, and that was a yellow card. And then he never booked the, the Celtic player after it. Don't um, ruin my conspiracies with your facts. Well, I thought the referee done right, to be fair. But, but yeah, just take the foul or stick the ball in the stand. Get a touch on it or anything. And he just let him go past him. And why would you do that? Who's who's honestly telling him to do that? So th- things like that, complete nonsense. You know, you've got to have a bit of um, common sense when you play against Celtic and Rangers. You know, Devlin again. You go you go back to the f- first game on, on the Wednesday night, giving the ball away in a stupid area. You think to yourself, right, just get it up the park. You know, we're sixty minutes in. It's one-one. Just get the ball away. So, yeah, I, I, but again, who who's drumming that into them? Is it because they've been told that they have to play a certain way, that they're not to get rid of the football just like that? They've got to look for another player? Yeah, I just think they look beyond I, ideas at times, particularly against better opposition. I think it's okay when you're playing maybe against the bottom six sides, but I think they've, they've clearly been found out this season. I think the manager has been found out this season, unfortunately. I think it comes down to systems, though, Gordon. I mean, we talk about this. I mean, is Nielsen the right man for the job? I mean, we're getting to that stage where we're at last time with him as well, where I think there's a plateau with Robbie Nielsen. I think he's a very good manager. He will get you to a level. And that level is where we are. I think we'll, if we keep him in charge at this football club for the next 10 years, we'll spend the next 10 years finishing third and fourth every season. And some people might be happy with that. And in terms of consistency, it's great, but it's about kicking on and trying to do things and achieve things. I'd, I'd rather finish eight four times in the next 10 years and win a cup like, than finish third every year for the next decade and achieve nothing. But it comes down, for me, the, 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 the issue that we're talking about, it comes down to systems and personnel. I mean, we're playing the same setup that we played last season, right? And if you look at how we played last season, and more importantly, who played last season, we had a back three, and that back three consisted of when, when fit John Sewer, right, on the right of the three, who was very, very, very capable of stepping into midfield and essentially playing in a similar way to you would expect any kind of like deep sitting midfielder to play, progress the ball forward. That allowed Devlin to thrive alongside Beringame in a role where he could use his energy, get in amongst the pitch, but not really be too responsible because he had players ahead of him, be it. Ginelli on the right, Mackay, Mackay was on the right, Mackay on the left, coming in and interplaying. You had Sims stretching the park, you had Boyce coming in, dropping off, being that link man. I look at the back three now and I look at I look at James Hill or Jim Hill or whatever the fuck his name is, Ali's dad, right? I look at him playing right centre back and he's a centre back. Like Hill's a centre back. He's not a ball playing centre back. He's not someone that's going to progress the ball up the flank very well. He's just a, a an old school, play him in the back four, centre back. Rolls as well, playing on the left of back three, had an unbelievable World Cup playing for Australia beside Harry Souter at the back, right? Where he was played as a bog standard, old school centre half. 
on at the weekend there against Celtic, he's getting dragged down to the left back position. Now last season that was fine because we had Kingsley there, right? So when Kingsley got dragged wide, he's a fucking left back, right? Who's capable on the ball. And we had Halkett in the middle who won everything and he's been injured all year. So now instead of playing with a full back on the left who's comfortable getting dragged into wide situations, Suter on the right who's comfortable progressing the ball in the middle of the park and helping you build as a football club, and Halkett in the middle who was a bit of a monster last season, we're playing with three what I would call centre-backs and he's got Civic in the middle of them and if you're playing Civic in a back three for me, he's got to be on the right and he's playing him centrally. I think Hill would look better centrally. When Rolls has played centrally, when Kingsley's played in the left, he's looked better. He's looked more assured. I just think we look like a team that should play in a back four. And that back four could consist of Michael Smith, who's not a wing back, right? He's not got the legs to be a wing back. You've got Hill, who, who I would play in there quite happily. Stide Rolls, who I think is a centre half, that would do well as a left centre half. He's left footed. And then you can play Cochrane or Kingsley on the left at left back. To be honest, I'd probably go Cochrane because I don't know what's happened to Kingsley since his injury. Looks like he's fallen off a cliff. You've got Cochrane or Kingsley on the left at left back, and it, there's a bit of what looks like there could be balance there. You can move Civic into midfield. You could have him in there. Devlin's not been great. You could play Grant or Snodgrass beside him as a progressive player. And then you've got an abundance of attacking talent be it, be it the two new signings, and um, you've got Jewel there, you've got um, Oda, Mackay, Ginelli, and you can move Grant forward if you want to play him as a 10, and then you've got Shankland up front, or as a 10, you can play Humphreys up front. Our squad to me screams 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3 or something along that line. But we're playing with three centre-halves and two holding midfielders every game and trying to dominate the ball, and none of them are comfortable in the ball. I just don't get it. I, I don't understand the logic. What's the yeah. philosophy that we're looking to build here? And and do you know what's like as all the, the kind of listeners will know, I'm a, obviously a big a big Robbie fan. But do you know what really concerns me is the fact that we and I'm sure plenty of other fans speak about this as well. Is that if we can see that the back three five seven whatever you want to call it doesn't work, and he kind of persists with it. Do you not think that's like really concerning? Like you, you we speak about how frustrating it is that you that we keep persisting with it, but do you not think that's like a real worry if your manager can't see when he's um, making mistakes or when he can't see that things aren't working? Do you think that's stubbornness, or do you think he doesn't trust the players that he has to play in a different way? I mean, we keep playing a back three. Does he not trust the defense? But we're not defending well in a three anyway so I, I just don't get it I don't get it I'm struggling to understand and I'm struggling to see where we go from here other than just maintaining slightly better than everybody else because they're not very good and that's pretty much where we are we're better than teams that are worse than us but I wouldn't say we're particularly great so ba so basically to answer my question I think both of you seem to be in agreement he has to go Get him out. <laughs> anyway, moving on. No, uh, honestly, no, no, no. I mean, it's, it, there's nuance to that, right? Because yeah, we've I know, done this I, know. I, I think, I think we've covered it in length. To be fair, um, about the manager and, and our, our true feelings. I think, I think, I think everybody knows where we kind of sit on that, and I think, I think that's been answered there. This is a huge game this weekend, really. Um, Aberdeen, you know, Jamie, you kind of mentioned that a little bit there. Um, <clears throat> when and that's them out. I mean, I, I've I said at the start of the season the Hearts should be finishing 10 to 15 points in front of them. Um, I think we are a, a lot better than them. We've beat them 5-0 already this season. Even the game that, that we kind of lost to, now we should never have lost that game in a million years. Um, our record at Pataudry is poor, but this is a fantastic opportunity now for Hearts to go up there and actually finally stamp down their authority as the third best team in the country. I mean, we know that they are um, they've had a few rough weeks, but I guess this is a real test of character now, isn't it? Going to be tawdry and and basically wiping out one of our so-called rivals out of the race for third. Um, yeah, you know, hundred percent, obviously, and you know, Aberdeen will fancy it. Um, Hearts have won what three games away from home all season in the league this this season. Aberdeen's home form, to be fair, has actually been pretty decent. So 
it'll be a it will be a tough game. I don't want to kind of sound like what Nielsen's going to say in tomorrow's press conference, but I think it will be a it will be a tough game. It's always tough going up to Pataudry, but um, yeah, look, I think Hearts are a, a better team and and um, have every chance to to as you say go up there and and really kind of put a marker down and and uh, I think you know do you know what I think they're due like a a proper good result. And then, you know, we speak about the 5 0 game there, the Easter Road, uh, obviously beat, beat Hibs in the Cup down at Easter Road, won the league derby at Tynecastle. But, you know, kind of since then, it feels like we've kind of huffed and puffed. And there's kind of, we picked holes in, I think, a lot of the form last week, Gordon, despite the results, we kind of picked holes in the performances. And, and that 5 0 Aberdeen game, we were like, yeah, you know, I think we've played, I think we've played better this season and and not, not won or, you know, and we won that game 5 0. But, I think Aberdeen had really kind of down tools by that point. And uh, I think the same could be said for when Aberdeen went to Easter Road, obviously, as well. Um, and I think Hibbs's form will be franked now as well. Rangers obviously went and grubbed them as we'd hoped that they would when we mentioned it on last week's podcast there at Parkhead this weekend. Um, so again, if we can go up to Pataudry and, and get a result, Hibbs will get hammered at Parkhead. There is no doubt in my mind about that. That will be four or five. You can mark my words about that. Um and so if we if we do go up to Bedodri and, and uh, pick up three points, then there's a very good chance that we'll we'll extend our lead with uh, with him facing a very tough test in the in the East End of Glasgow, and obviously we know because we've just been there. Yeah, but 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 what I'm saying is, you know, you said that Aberdeen fancies, but surely Hart should fancy this, you know, go of, no, of course, of course, hundred percent. But you know. It's, it is a great opportunity for Hearts. Of course, it is. Hearts have won three games in the league all season away from home, so you know that hasn't been good enough. Robbie keeps saying he wants to wants to improve Hearts' away record and do well in cups, and you know he's he's done well in cups without actually winning them. Um, but away from home, we haven't fixed the away the away form this season. You know, we've won up in kind of Dingwall and thought, right, okay, this is the this is the start. You know, we're gonna kind of when we had kind of all our injuries, I think it was off the back of a European game as well. And, you know, we won up there after conceding a, an early goal and you're thinking like, right, okay, this is Hearts' time to finally kind of kick on and really improve this away form. And, and it hasn't happened and it hasn't been good enough away from home. Look at Motherwell away from home um, a couple of weeks ago when we went to Fir Park, we were abysmal. And you said that you think the manager's been been figured out. I think Hearts are very easy to play against right now. If uh, if you kind of go about your your business the right way. Um, I'm looking at guys like Snodgrass and thinking it's very easy to to play against uh, play against guys like him because he drops in, he gets the ball in a far too deep position. Whether he's getting told to do that or not, I obviously don't know. But uh, you you press guys like him, um, sometimes he'll he'll be good enough to to uh, to play through you. But essentially, what's happening is he's got the ball in an area that's too deep for him to actually do anything with it. And uh, as we mentioned, that we're really missing Halkett because guys like Obika, Van Veen, um, whoever else, Huddies in the in the Premiership this season have, have really bullied uh, whoever's been playing at, at centre half for Hearts. I think again we touched on it last week. Halkett had some of the best aerial statistics in the league last season, so uh, naturally you're you're going to miss that. And um, I think defensively, that's that's been a big miss for us is is Halkett. Mm. Um, Matty, uh, I sold out Hearts support going up there for the the first time. I think that we've actually filled our allocation in terms of selling every ticket since uh, Boxing Day, two thousand and eight. I think. Um, so I've been expecting Hearts support. Um, I think the Aberdeen have sold quite a few tickets as well. So it's got the makings of being a really kind of red hot atmosphere. Um, I get. I guess. Like I just said, really to to Jamie there, it's it's a big test for the Hearts players now because, as we we mentioned earlier, they've failed quite a lot of hurdles in the big games this season. But that's always been against better opposition. They've went to Easter Road, they they beat them quite convincingly three nil. Are you expecting that type of Hearts performance to go up there and and beat these three nil and and really lay down a marker and say, listen, you're actually nowhere near us? Honestly, no. Um, I'm really not. <laughs> I mean, Jamie said it. We've won three games away from home all season. Well, I mean, haven't haven't lost that many though. I I, I will counter that. I mean, quite quite a few of them have been draws. I'm not I'm not necessarily defending them, but um, but but they haven't really lost that many either. I think they've lost to the old firm, as you would naturally expect. Um, 
which I think is only what once at Ibrox and and now twice at Parkhead. But that defeat in Motherwell and Livingston, you know, they've only sort of been been the, the other two. I think am, am I right in saying? Oh, Petardry as well. Petardry as well, absolutely. But again, that wasn't Look at like Rugby Park. We were lucky to escape with a draw that day. Exactly. Yeah. There, there was a draw. St Mirren draw. Uh, Livingston draw. These were really draw. turgid games, though. Like you're talking. I mean that 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 game at Kilmarnock, we were rotten. The mm. Livingston game, we were Paradise. absolutely rotten. Penalty. We were being fucking lucky to get some of these draws. Like, it's not. It's not. Gas. Scholars and minimums across. You know, like fucking proper jammy. Across, by the way, and that was the best attempt we had all game. <laughs> I, don't know how we played. I, I thought second half we were actually pretty good that day. Should have won the yeah, game. Yeah, we, we were. What happened three. in that second half? We stopped playing a back three. Yeah, well, there you go. But anyway, the, the point is, do I expect us to go up and perform at Petardry? Um, I'll be honest with you, I really don't. I mean, I, I, I can almost picture the game in my head. I know that I can almost name you the team. If I, I mean, obviously, there's going to be elements that will depend on whether somebody's fit, but it will be the standard back five, which will be 95-year-old wing-back Michael Smith, uh, three fucking bog-standard hatchet-men centre-halves, one of which should probably be in midfield, and one of Kingsley and Cochrane. And then, I don't know, chuck fucking four other players in there and one more for fucking good luck and tell them to run about a bit. Aberdeen will press us really high. We'll not get out. We'll start lumping aimless balls towards Josh Ginelli in the air. And it'll be absolutely torture. And they'll probably score early after 10 minutes because it's a game that matters. And if we get anything, it'll be a moment of magic. It'll be Barry Mackay playing a pass that we know he's capable of. Or it'll be, if he's available, Lawrence Shanklin showing up and rattling one in the net because he just knows where to be. I just don't have any faith that we're going to do anything. I mean, at all. It's Hearts away from home under Robbie Nielsen this season. Probably going to be a draw. A low-scoring draw at best. Hmm. Would, you, would you take a draw, Jamie? Going in this one, because in the fact how how big a match is, um, uh, you know, I, I, you know, it's not the end of the world if Hearts drew this game. So yes, I would take a draw. But I, you know, like yourself, Gordon, I think it's a very good opportunity for Hearts to to go up and uh, to go up there and win. So and I fancy Hearts to go and win personally. Um, so yeah, okay, I would take a draw. But uh, no, I, I think I think Hearts should be going up there and winning on Saturday. I'd like to go in optimistic, and that's probably my biggest criticism of this season, is we've managed to suck the optimism out of what should be, I mean, Scotrail and LNER haven't helped, but what should be a, a lovely wee piss-up with a drunk hearts crowd, fully backed, sold out away and on the bevy for like 10 o'clock in the morning. To go and watch your team play an Aberdeen side that are an absolute free fall. They're crap. Like, we should be going up there and winning this game. Like, I should be on the cans at 10 in the morning. Should get up there, couple of pints, quick wee scran, taxi to the ground because I'm no fucking walking. Go in, sing some songs, batter them, and fucking cans for the train home. That should be how Saturday goes. And that's what I want to happen on Saturday. But this club and the way we've played over the last six months has sucked that optimism out of me. And I fully expect to just get pished and then have like a one and a half to two hour like sort of part of the day that's a bit crap, spend the next 20 minutes moaning about it on the train and then start getting pished again. Like that's my plan for Saturday. Jamie, anything to talk about in terms of the women or the B team? Uh, I mean, give us some hope and joy. Um, yeah, look, the, the women have got a, a really good game on, on Sunday up at Orium, uh, Scottish Cup quarterfinal against Celtic. Um, very much looking forward to that one, actually. Hopefully won't be too hungover because, as we know, it's young Clum's birthday this weekend. Um, quite sure what he's what he's got on the agenda by the time you get back from Aberdeen, but uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, 
Hearts have competed with Celtic when they've played them twice this season. Um, they lost 2-1 at, at Orium um, at the end of January, that was. Um, and they played very well that that night. Uh, Celtic got a pretty dubious goal and Hearts had a pretty dubious one ruled out. So uh, you might be uh, pleased to hear that even in the women's game, Celtic, uh, all this corruption against uh, against Celtic uh, still exists in the women's game as well. So... We'll see how that goes on Sunday. As for the B team, probably the less said the better about them right now. I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, Joe Savage appointed manager does against Celtic in a cup quarterfinal. Um, fingers crossed that she goes on to show that he's very good at picking managers and we can take inspiration into the men's team. Do you think she could uh, lead the lead the first team one day? I mean, a lot of people are obviously touting Stephen Naismith to be the uh, be a future Hearts uh, first team manager. What about what about Ava? You see her I mean, getting. What's her philosophy like? Yeah, she does go on about an identity, her uh, her identity of playing football. That is not uh, not anything gender related. Um, she has her own her own football philosophy and identity. So yeah, is that getting edited out? <laughs> well, still, still not one a derby technically has to go. Um, yeah, that's true. Two two derbies in the split to come though. Two derbies in the split to come. So yeah, she's still got time to redeem herself, I suppose. Um. Well, that's good about the women's team. Hopefully, they'll beat Celtic. Wish them all the, the best of luck. Hopefully, they put up more of a fight than the men's team did. Um, I guess now, though, the end of the season's it, it's all the, it's just the league that we've got to play for now. Um, third place, wrapping that up. We've got that five point cushion, as we know. Um, it, it's not really exciting, you know. I mean, the last few seasons we've we, we've had the Scottish Cup final to look forward to. Um, this is one criticism I've always had of kind of hearts over the last maybe, well, actually probably through Nielsen's time really and in, in Levine's time that the season just seemed to dwindle out um, because there was nothing really else for, for us to kind of play for. I firmly expect hearts to to open up a gap and, and have third place basically secured round about the first game of the split. I think that's, if you look at our... Um, games that we've got left and, and realistically the ones that we should kind of be winning we should have it done and dusted by the, the time the split comes um, where, where, where do they go from here then then Mike? do you think that they should maybe try bleeding some youngsters do you think maybe now is the time to start looking at a different shape and start exploring for next season or, or do you think that's still too premature I mean I think December was the time to start exploring a new shape, so that would be quite nice. As as uh, late as that. In terms of in terms of the youngsters, I mean Jamie'd probably know more about this than me, but that's a pretty empty looking pool if ever there was one. I mean, if we want to talk about things to criticize with his football club, which I quite enjoy, um the youth academy is definitely something that could be torn apart quite easily. I mean it's a, it's a short and simple conversation. When was the last time we brought anybody through? Like, Hickey, he was Celtic, right? Was it genuinely like Sam Nicholson and Jamie Walker and Callum Patterson? Because I can't remember anybody else. Get any of you? It depends on if you kind of class guys like Finlay Pollock and, and Young Hendel and that, if you if you class them as kind of successful. I'm not, I'm not accepting people that... I mean, any... Anyone that's played 50 games for Hearts since Patterson and Walker and all that? No. Nah. Zero. Our, the best academy graduate in our team is 40 years old and he's broke his leg. Mm. Yeah, true. I suppose if there was ever a time to bring three youngsters, I guess it would have been the championship season a couple of years ago during, during lockdown. I think there was a few guys that, that maybe... Uh, we're unfairly treated, I think, during that period. Actually, when you when you look back on it, uh, Cal Morrison, I think, was one of them. He's doing well at Falkirk. He he's got semi final to look forward to. He was better than Freer or Castanier or whoever else. Um, yeah, I suppose it's a stupid question because Nielsen hasn't really brought any kind of youngsters through, has he? During his, his sort of spell at Hearts, he's hasn't really been that type of manager. And that would be a very valid uh, criticism. Obviously, a lot of supporters kind of sit on the fence with Nielsen, and if you slag him off, it's kind of like you're not allowed to kind of slag him off because you know you sit third. We've we've been through all this anyway. A very valid criticism from from my point of view would be the the youth academy and the lack of 
opportunities um, that have been given. And listen, if they're not good enough, they're not good enough. I sat and watched Hearts be in the freezing cold last night, uh, lose to Cowden Beef. Uh, that was pretty grim. They were pretty bad. Um, but they really miss a couple of guys called Aaron Darge and Aidan Denham. Denham's gone out on loan to East Fife. Darge has gone out on loan to Kelly Hearts. You might remember I mentioned them maybe six weeks ago now and said that they were two of the, the players I really liked in the B team. And they're getting released. So uh, I wasn't particularly happy with uh, with that. I thought they were two of our I've seen, um, seen I've seen Leo Watson as well got, got released. Um, or is getting released. Yeah. I was like, look at him when I seen him play. It's been a while, to be fair. But uh, he, he had a bit of injury trouble. He was off the pitch for a while. Um, yeah, I think he was involved in a car accident or something. But, and he's um, not- I don't think he's really been the been the kind of same because you're you're right. I, I, it was a long time ago now, but he, he did play for the first team. At, at, it was a game in Tynecastle, if I remember rightly, and I, I do I'm think. Think. Was that um and he, he I thought he looked alright. Eh? I would agree with that, but it was a long time ago now, and I think a lot's kind of changed for him since then. I mean, is it is it a case that they're just not good enough though? Because I mean, I know that. Completely, no, hundred percent, and and that's why I'm saying that that I'm I'm listing those two players in Darge and, and Denham and said I was a big fan of those two, and and right now that's about it. There's Macaulay Tate went to Parkhead the other night and got on the bench. I think he's he was captain of the B team the other night, um, and he's still pretty young. I don't, I don't know how old he is to be honest, but he's he's still pretty young, so he's he's got a chance. Um, but I, you know, again, he goes through to Parkhead on the bench, and I think. We were three 0 down, and, and Nielsen brings Michael Smith on in centre mid instead of giving him some minutes for the last 10, 15 minutes. You know, you're already three 0 down. I don't know. Why don't you just put the boy on? I don't know. Again, that's it's not up to me, obviously. But I suppose, um, but I suppose you could you could put um, gra- granite cool in in the same kind of um, youth type category because I mean he is only eighteen. I know he's not our player to develop, but surely you know he. he he was taken at a World Cup, for goodness sake. And he's not even been given a sniff. Surely, I mean, I don't know if there's an attitude problem there or, or what it is, but surely he should be getting some more minutes. Surely you should be thinking to yourself, well, you know, because he was the last substitute to come on against uh, Celtic in the Cup there um, at, at, at the weekend. Um, he came on, obviously, well, I mean, Oda came on before he did. Um, which I, I found was was quite strange, to be honest with you. Um, and then obviously Oda's went off, so he's replaced Oda. But you know, maybe maybe there is that kind of issue with with younger players. Just does Nielsen just not trust them, or because I mean, you can't say that that Kiel's not good enough. Surely, I mean, he was took to a World Cup. I mean, I remember Nielsen came out. I don't know when it was. I don't know when, if it was the championship or if it was a year after the championship. Or it was around that time, anyway. It was just after he came back. And he was talking about you need to earn the right to play for Hearts. And he doesn't believe in just gifting minutes to people for the sake of gifting minutes because there's dead rubber games or you're 3-0 down or that kind of thing. But at what point do you earn the right to play? I mean, if, if we're talking about our best young prospects in the B team getting loaned out to Kelly Hearts and then told they're getting released. Like, where where are we sitting? I mean, we've seen it with, Christ, what was his name? Was it was it Chris Hamilton? Was that the one that went to, was it Arbrophy was that? I mean, he left Hearts. He, he got, like, two games at the end of that season under Levine. We were just chucking youngsters in here, there and everywhere because we had bugger all to play for. And then, um, we released him. He went to our broth and he won Championship Player of the Season. I mean, I know that was last year he won that, or the year, but whenever it was, but he never got a sniff. Like, why? Why didn't he get a sniff? I mean, maybe he would have turned out to be crap. And then, but you never know. We had Andy Irvin. He flattered to deceive a little bit, had a couple of good games, and then ran away to some pub team in Germany. And if you've seen him since, don't know what he's up to now. Probably going. Kelly Hearts or something like that but I mean where are we what are we bringing through what are we doing what are we spending I mean the budget for the academy must be over a million quid a year right what are we spending that on what's the point what are we getting out of it just seems like a waste yeah they've, 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 Levine talked about the, the academy for a while and how they needed a total revamp, but it almost looks like it's probably having to go through another revamp. And 
I think academies, you're probably not going to see the, the fruit of Joe Savage's academy for another maybe five or six years, probably, um, by the time that, that maybe the youngsters that they're already tapping up at the moment get into a stage where they could possibly get on the pitch for hearts. So I guess it's maybe a bit of a, a pipe dream. But, um, but where, are, yeah. where are we going with the 14-year-olds at that point, though? Like... It doesn't. You don't always need to be bringing through players that have been at the club since they were seven years old. I mean, we've done it. Hickey's an exception because he's a fantastic talent and he'll win multiple caps for Scotland and blah, blah, blah. But where are we going about picking up these players? Why isn't Hearts the first port of call for the guys that fall out of Rangers when they're 14-15, that fall out of Celtic when they're 14-15? And then we bring them in, they play for our academy for two or three years and then they're only our first team. Like, it makes me question the recruitment at that level. I mean, are we getting that right? Is there any point? In, like, what are we doing with that? Why are we not where we should be in that pecking order? I mean, Hibs constantly bring players through. Hibs Academy over the last 20 years has absolutely pissed all over ours. Mm. And you're not telling me they put any more money in yet because there's no danger no, no. they do. They, 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 I, I, I'm not sure in, in regards to that one. I think... Um... I think Hibs probably have better agreements in with you know certain teams and school teams and boys clubs and all that sort of thing. I think they and sort they, it out. No, absolutely, that absolutely. But I think they laid their their groundwork years ago. But the, in in terms of Hearts, I think that there's a few kind of young young players you mentioned at that age that maybe 15, 16, and they're being touted for moves down to England or or I think Rangers and Celtic are sniffing around. But I can't remember the the, the young lad's name. But James um, Wilson. Is it James Wilson? Is it right? Well. There, I mean, there's there's a young man that that quite a lot of clubs are after, and you think to yourself, well, if all these big clubs are after him, then surely he has something about him. And I think as a football club, they've got to make sure that he stays and wants to commit his future at Hearts. But then, but then again, is he going to commit his future at Hearts if he sees that there's few of his teammates or maybe a, a few of the younger guys just above him, they didn't get their opportunity. So how am I going to get mine? You know, that's um, totally fair. Totally fair. I mean, yeah, you're right, because where, where, where's the appeal? Would you rather go and play for Brighton under 23s or would you rather go out on loan and play for Sterling Albion? <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And, it, and it's a totally different game as well, I think, at, at lower level, because for for these young guys to develop, are they actually developing it, 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 in, in kind of that, that type of football? I know they say you've got to play men's football, but it's not the same as what it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. You know, you're not there to get toughened up. You're there to learn how to play football. And, and ultimately, if you want to play for a top club, for a team that dominates the ball, that can actually play football, learn awareness. that football's a pretty simple game. It doesn't matter if you're playing against a big, rugged centre-half in the lower leagues in Scotland or you're playing against someone in the Premier League. The physicality should actually be even stronger in the Premier League, really. So surely developing your actual game the physicality side will come later, has to be the priority. And going down at that level, you're not playing with better players, so they're not going to make, make you a better player right away. So I've never understood that whole lower league thing. Um, in Scotland, anyway, I think it's maybe different in, in England, you know, maybe going to a championship team for a Premier League club. That's different because it's still a pretty decent standard. Um, league one at a push, depending on, on the level of player and the level of club that you've come from, again, you can make the arguments, but League One and League Two in Scotland, are you going to develop? No, I don't think you are. Um, even playing, even in the B League, I think for Hearts, you know, it's all right having the, the the B team there. But is Lewis Nielsen really progressing, playing against Cowden Beef? Now, like when it comes to loans in Scottish football, I mean, I think there is a sort. I hate to use the phrase dinosaur, but I have to use it in this instance. This going going toughen yourself up. We shouldn't be loaning footballers any lower than the championship in our country, right? Mm. And even at that, it should be your sort of upper echelons of the championship. You know, the teams that are looking like a half decent side, where where if you send somebody out to them and they do well, they're going to achieve something. Like, there's no point sending players on loan to Alloa. I mean, we'll use Jamie's favourite, Ewan Henderson, as a perfect example of that. I mean, yes, he scored goals at Alloa. Did he come back any better? Like, did he actually get any? Anything out of that other than probably guaranteeing himself a career at a level in Scottish football, which he's probably done. He'll, he'll get himself a move to a championship club when he leaves Hearts, right? But what did he get out of that loan spell at Aloha? Scoring goals in front of 25 people is not going to prepare you to play at Tynecastle. 
It's just not. Well, you came on and looked sharp that, that midweek night at Ibrox, to be honest. Fuck off. <laughs> I'm not even going to bite to that. Um, yeah, no, it is. It's, it's one of these things, isn't it, that, that hopefully the, the club will look at. I'm sure the club will be looking at You know, Joe Savage has come in and he wants to redevelop the club from top to bottom, and I'm sure it is one they'll look at. But hopefully they can start producing players and, and maybe some of the younger guys, uh, maybe wee gems here and there can maybe make a wee appearance before the end of the season. Um, because Hearts now, I think they, they need something to look forward to. You know, I don't think we can let this season now just die out, just die a whimper, even if they finish third. I think there's going to be a lot of enthusiasm now going into next season because if we just limp over the line, you know, you're going, you're going to have a little bit of negativity start seeping in um, during the summer and that'll affect us going into our campaign next year. Um, because again, it's another huge season for Hearts and They've got that money there. Because, I mean, it might not always be guaranteed, uh, these European group stages. We've got to get in a stage where we've got to build a team that's strong enough where they can go into the group stage, uh, sorry, to the qualifiers and, and beat these teams and get in, and get through to the group stages every year. Um, and these are, these are the seasons where we need to lay the groundwork. But anyway, big game against Aberdeen, and we'll certainly see how that one pans out. I'll go through your score predictions then. Uh, we'll go with uh, Jamie. Your sc- your score prediction: Aberdeen away. Yeah, like I said earlier, I, I fancy Hearts on Saturday. Um, I'll go with a uh, I'll go with two 0 Hearts win on Saturday. Surprisingly confident. Matthew. Yeah, look, uh, Hearts. You've got to win every week, so two one Hearts. <laughs> two one. A producer Ross who has been eagle eyed and watching us. Do you, do you have a prediction? Two 0 Aberdeen. Two now, he's former club, eh? He's back in his former club. Listen Man, to him, he's wee cold. He's wee Man cold in the corner. Get him out. Get him out. Well, yeah, Luke, we hope you've enjoyed this week's uh, Hearts Review. Until next week, goodbye. <laughs>